today on Locked On Ducks Hockey. The Ducks lose yet another game, and Coach Eakins is finally mad. All of this on today's Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a nice day. It is Monday. This is episode number 69 of Locked On Ducks. Nice, eh? This is your daily podcast covering the Anaheim Ducks. Don't forget, you'll get fresh daily content Monday through Friday about the OC's hockey team. And just a reminder that you can hear this podcast via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or look at Siri, talk to her, and say, Hey Siri, play Locked on Ducks, or something like that, and see if it works. Or try looking manually on the Apple or Google Podcast Store. If you're listening already, be sure to hit the subscribe button to hear this podcast daily. And also you can find this and all the Locked On shows on LockedOnPodcasts.com. You can follow on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. So the Ducks lose yet another game, although I did not watch this game live. I watched it the following day I recorded it because I was in San Diego covering the Rain versus Goals game which had some very, very awesome 80s-inspired jerseys. They were very slick. If you want to hear some thoughts on that, you can check out Locked on Kings about that particular 80s night. And I'll have some more thoughts about that for the weekly Locked on Goals podcast, which is every Thursday. So I'll talk about that more. But let's go back to Saturday's game, which I watched on Sunday, I'll admit that. The Ducks didn't... I mean, they got off to a good start. They didn't look good the first couple minutes. They looked kind of slow getting out of the gate. But then pretty soon, only about three minutes into the game, uh, Andre Kasha, he worked really hard behind the net and he stole the puck, completely swiped it from Connor Murphy. Andre Kasha picked up the puck, tried to get in front of the net, and it found Max Jones right in front. And he put it away to make it one nothing Anaheim. They get off to the very fast start. And then Jonathan Taze would get his 11th goal of the season. He really went coast to coast, found the five hole of John Gibson, to tie the game up at one. And John Jonathan Taze really took it, you know, from the center line on kind of a weird turnover from Cam Fowler. Yeah, Cam Fowler turning the puck over in the neutral zone. That is not good at all. So give that unassisted goal to Taze, his 11th of the season, to tie the game up at one. The Ducks certainly had their chances the rest of the period, but so did the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks would crash the net. The Ducks had a couple of golden opportunities, but that didn't result in anything so going to the second period the Blackhawks really began to turn it on as they were beginning to move the puck more getting some very filthy moves out in front of John Gibson and finally the Ducks got burned with about 1540 left on yet another Ducks turnover and once again this turnover is in the neutral zone you know they were trying to clear it didn't work so what happened well, another goal would happen for the Blackhawks. Uh, this time, Kane Kane kind of gathered it from the neutral zone, got it to Jonathan Taze, and Taze kind of danced around a bit, and he passed it right back to Kane. He just missed, but right there to put away the rebound was Dominic Kubelik, his 15th of the season, to make it 2-1 to Chicago. That particular play was a very broken play by the Chicago Blackhawks, but the Ducks needed to do a better job of clearing the puck in some fashion. You know, you have Good Branson right there. You have Lindholm right there. And neither of them 
you know, had a chance to put it away. Although I'll, give, I'll credit Good Branson, he did dive to try to eliminate the pass, which did work, but there was just that fat rebound right there. Later on in the period, uh, with about eight minutes left, about eight minutes left, less than that, uh, the Blackhawks gathered the puck once again behind the Ducks' net. Uh, as Getzloff was trying to gather the puck loose, uh, he accidentally passed it to Patrick Kane, who got it to Taze, and we had a one-timer from the top of the slot by Murphy, but, you know, Connor Murphy didn't score that one. So Dominic Kubelik, once again, on a rebound attempt, he puts away his second goal of the night to make it 3-1 to Blackhawks. And Connor really did put up a good shot, but Kubelik just found the five-hole on the rebound, 3-1 to Blackhawks. So then we go into the third period, and... You know, Ducks really trying to put some pressure on the Blackhawks. Uh, they had a couple chances at the end of the second period. But again, no avail. Until with about a minute left, Alex DeBrinkett, he really undressed the Ducks' defense. And give credit to John Gibson for saving the day there because that could have easily been 4-1. to DeBrinkett looked filthy on that particular play. Uh, later on in the third, or in the third period, Ricard Raquel would get his first goal of the night, his only goal of the night, his 11th of the season, to make it 3-2 Chicago. And give Max Comtois a lot of credit. But before that, Eric Goodbranson had a very, very open net. But Robin Leonard, the former New York Islanders netminder, he had a grand larceny of a save. And Eric Goodbranson had a lot of open net. It looked good at first. But Leonard made this spectacular arm save. It caught his forearm, and it barely stayed out of the net. As for the goal itself, uh, Comtois would fire it cross ice to Isaac Lindstrom, and he put it right in front of the goal for Ricard Raquel to put that away. So that cut the lead in half. I like Max Comtois' pass, his initial pass, cross ice. Uh, That really set up the defense being on the wrong side. And Lindstrom had a nice one-timing pass. And as always, if you can at least get it towards the net, good things can happen. And in this case, good fundamental hockey, cross-ice passing, get it towards the net, get a good rebound. Basic fundamentals worked very well on that one to cut the lead in half. But then, very late in the game, Chicago, actually only a minute later, Ali Mata would score the Blackhawks' fourth goal of the game. And that came kind of on a breakaway. Uh, The Ducks did a good job defensively, just a sniper, sniper shot from the point. So Alimata's third of the season, and give Kemp and Debrinkit got an assist on that one as well. To make it 4-2 Blackhawks, that would be your final score, 4-2 Chicago. And that sends the Ducks to another loss, another tally on the loss column, and inching ever so closer to getting the most chances to get that number one draft pick. Yippee. Coming up after the first intermission, we're going to talk a little bit about Coach Dallas Eakins and how he's handling this losing streak. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. The Ducks once again get their third consecutive loss, losing to the Chicago Blackhawks 4-2 at the United Center. 
and this may not come as any surprise to any listeners here, but the Ducks have not had consecutive wins in a long time. In fact, the last time the Anaheim Ducks had two consecutive wins, Jesus Serate, he was the commentator for the Anaheim Ducks Dia de los Muertos night. That seems like so long ago now. That was over two months ago. That was the last time the Anaheim Ducks won two games in a row. Since then, here is what the Ducks have done. They lost five in a row. Then they won one at St. Louis. By the way, that game at St. Louis, that was where Derek Grant got his hat trick. Then the Ducks lost three in a row. Then they won against the New York Islanders. Then they lost two in a row. Then they beat the Kings. They lost another two in a row. Then they beat Minnesota in a shootout. Then they lost to the Kings. Then they won in another shootout against the Rangers. Then they lost two in a row. And then they won in a shootout against the New York Islanders again. Then they lost to the Rangers where everyone was sick. Then they beat Vegas. Then they lost three in a row. Then they beat Nashville, also in a shootout. Hmm. What does it tell you? When four of their last five victories have come in a shootout, they've had one, two, three, four regulation wins since October. Four. You heard that right. One, two, three, four regulation wins since October. So how do you think that makes Coach Dallas Eakins feel? Well, Coach Eakins tries to be positive. He tries to give off the sense that, you know, things are going to be okay. Yeah, that boiled over. As Eric Stevens reported from The Athletic, he had a very, very good article on this. If you haven't read it, uh, check out The Athletic article from Eric Stevens. And this was yesterday's article about how Dallas Eakins, you know, he finally showed some anger. He didn't yell at the players, but I'm going to quote from the article itself. Quote, For just over six minutes Saturday night, Dallas Eakins had to talk about another Ducks loss as he stood against the wall outside the visiting dressing room at United Center. Lately and not so lately, the first-year coach has had more than a few to discuss. He's expressed disappointment and even some frustration, but usually found a way to point out his team's positive traits. Or try to. Another emotion rose to the surface after the Ducks took a 4-2 defeat at the hands of the Chicago Blackhawks. Anger. As he spoke, Eakins did not raise his voice much beyond his normal conversation level, but the emphasis in which he made his points said everything. Beneath his cool exterior was plenty of steam. End quote. And there was a couple interesting quotes from Dallas Eakins on there. He said, quote, We have to be competitive. Compete, compete, compete every single shift to a man if we're going to have any kind of success or be in the game. End quote. And Eakins is absolutely right. The Ducks haven't shown that much competitiveness just really over the past month. Yes, they've been sick. They've lost some key players here and there. But really, what are the Ducks going to do? They need to compete for all 60 minutes. They have spurts. I've said this. I'm like a broken record now. They have spurts where they play like the best team in the league. And then they have spurts where they play like the worst team in the league. And there's many more of those spurts than the great spurts, unfortunately. So the losses, they're just going to keep piling and piling up. And I'm almost ready to fully embrace Team Tank, not quite yet. Um, Something else that Dallas Eakins talked about, you know, he wasn't great with the fact that Kubelik scored twice and they were on rebounds. 
So he's not being super, I guess, critical about John Gibson. You know, Gibson cannot be giving up this many rebounds. And he's been giving up more than a fair share of rebounds over the past maybe two weeks. So here's what else he said. Quote, that can't happen. It can't. We talk about how hard it is to go to that area offensively. We certainly can't let it be an easy one in our end. End quote. And this is talking not just about Gibson giving up too many rebounds, but also the defense allowing those rebounds to happen and allowing someone to be on the odd side of the ice being wide open to put away those goals. Both of those goals against uh, for Kubelik, they were on rebounds. One of them from a blue line shot, one of them from a shot kind of in the slot. And again, Kubelik is just staying completely wide open. So the Ducks have to do a better job on not letting teams crash the net like they have been. And someone else that has been struggling a lot lately has been Josh Manson. And I talked about Manson with that turnover that led to the first goal. Josh Manson has got to play better. So here's something that Josh Manson said, quote, It's plain and simple. That's how we felt. That's what Dallas saw, and that's what we saw. I thought we responded well in the third, though. End quote. And he's talking about the fact that, you know, the Ducks had to come out firing but they didn't especially that second period where they were just not ready to play the ducks looked flat in that second period you know you give up a little bit you ease up on the gas and the other teams are going to stomp right on your throat you know that's how it goes in this league and it just wasn't enough for the ducks you know they've got to put the pedal to the metal they've got to be more aggressive coming out and you know that's what josh manson is saying that's how they felt And it certainly was not enough against the Blackhawks team that has championship caliber. They still have Jonathan Taze. They still have Patrick Kane. Dabrinkit is a very good player. He's a very good young player that the Blackhawks will want to build around for the future. So I understand why Dallas Eakins is very upset with his team and hoping that he can light a fire under his squad. You know, sometimes you have to let that anger out. He's almost to the point where he's just going to yell at his team and let out an immense tirade. You could tell it's probably going to come sooner rather than later if the Ducks keep losing like this if they don't string together some consecutive victories. The Ducks have three games left on this road trip before the long All-Star break and before the bye week. And in order to give the Ducks fans some hope, the Ducks are just simply going to have to play better for all 60 minutes. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. A quick preview for tonight's game. They are playing the St. Louis Blues, which is the home of the All-Star Game, something that the Ducks are not going to be familiar with this year, as the Ducks, once again, have no All-Star representatives. So this will be the last time that any Anaheim Duck is going to set foot in St. Louis this season. The Ducks are probably going to have John Gibson on net. The Blues have two great goalies. John Allen, I mean, 7-3, 236 goals against, 924 save percentage. And Jordan Binnington, 22-7. and He's got a 247 goals against, 917 save percentage. You can't go wrong with either goalie if you're St. Louis. And I don't know if they can do what happened last time. I mean, the Ducks, last time they were in St. Louis, the Ducks were led by the elite 1C, Derek Grant, who had that hat trick. And if you recall, 
that was where Derek Grant now has to name his buddy's firstborn child. So it's been a while since that happened. Derek Grant is obviously still not with the team. He is still out. The last time that game took place was November 16th. That was about two months ago. Look for the Blues to score a lot more than they did the last time. Uh, Alex Petrangelo has been on a tear recently, and so has Ryan O'Reilly. He's been very good as of late as well. That game takes place tonight at 5 o'clock Pacific time, 7 o'clock local time. As far as the Blues are concerned, they lead their division. In fact, they lead the entire Western Conference with a 29-10-7 record. They have 65 points, which is by far the most in the Western Conference. It's tied for the most in the entire NHL. The Blues have been on quite a tear recently. They have a 9-point lead on Dallas. They have a 10-point lead on Calgary. The St. Louis Blues are not only going to host the All-Star Game, but they're going to be the first team in NHL history to host the All-Star Game having just won the Stanley Cup. And one of the few teams that host the All-Star Game and lead their conference in the standings. So the Blues are going to be just probably going to... I'm going to be honest. They're probably going to win tonight. They're on a complete tear on the league. They just beat the Rangers. They just beat Buffalo. They just beat the Sharks. They are decimating the bottom feeders of the league. And I honestly expect that to continue tonight. Because Anaheim is playing a bunch of their veterans and a bunch of San Diego goals. That's how the Ducks look right now. There's no Derek Grant coming out of that tunnel. He's not coming back. I mean, there are other players that are probably going to come back, but I somehow doubt it. Uh, you know, Jakob Sulferberg, he's still out with an upper body injury. They may as well just rest Jakob Sulferberg till after the All-Star break, to be honest. Don't rush him back. You know, he's injured and he has a kid on the way. Let him be there with his wife. You know, he's expecting a newborn in about a couple of weeks. So let Jakob Silverberg take some time off. Allow him to miss the next three games. It's fine. Derek Grant, he's still out. Nick Ritchie is still out. He's expected to come back fairly soon. Troy Terry is still finding himself down in San Diego. And I will say Troy Terry did have a very good game against the Rain on Saturday night. So maybe we'll see Terry back at some point after the All-Star break. But for now, uh, look for Henrik Getzloff-Sprong to be aligned once again. As far as defense goes, it's still going to be Lindholm and Manson. It's going to be Fowler and Goodbranson, Larson and Delzato. We'll see how that all pans out. Once again, that is tonight, 5 o'clock Pacific time. And that is against the St. Louis Blues. You can download today's podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, make sure to follow on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me at StimpyJD. I want to thank everyone for listening, and we still have our regular shows this week. Once again, Locked On Goals will take place on Thursday. If you want to chat hockey with me, you can hit me up on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And if you notice on the Twitter, I posted a link to Locked On Kings. So be sure to check that out. I joined Sarah Avampado from Locked On Kings to talk about the Ontario Reign mostly, but to talk about the San Diego goals as well since those two teams played each other over the weekend. So be sure to check that out. Give some love to the other Locked On podcasts. So I appeared on Locked On Kings, so definitely check that out. And just to let you guys know, I have an interview lined up for next week during the bye week. So be sure to stay tuned for that. 
for Locked On Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great day. I'll see you at the rinks and stay cool, Anaheim. Bye.